When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. again with another shade of blue we are the kc soccer journal please go subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcasts maybe go leave us a comment at kcsoccerjournal.com my name is cody bradley i forgot that last week while doing some grand intros for everyone i forgot myself cody bradley is me that is who i am thad bell is here ceo of the kc soccer journal robert russert seasoned sports journalist veteran and david greenwald david in the chat is here david is just some guy i got out of our comment section thank you all for being here we are finally getting this podcast in this week i apologize to our loyal listeners we had technical difficulties drunken difficulties user error was a comedy of errors this week but we're finally getting this in and you know what it's a good week to have those errors because we have all of this time until the next game. And so actually, I think this episode's sponsor has something for all of you. Great timing on this one. This episode is brought to you by the new MLS After Season Tournament. Do you need something to watch while you sit around and wait for the actual playoff games? This meaningless, friendly tournament is for you. Major League Soccer. More tournaments. Very innovative thing MLS is doing there. Pretty excited about that. But round one is finally complete. Finally. I feel like the playoffs have been going on for like three weeks, and we're only one round in, amazingly. But it is Houston Dynamo is indeed the next opponent for Sporting Kansas City. They defeated RSL in PKs in Game 3. The next round is officially Sunday, November 26th at 6 p.m. in Houston, So what do you guys think of the playoff format? It was pretty controversial. We're one round in. The three-game series are all done. Robert, how do you feel about this? Did it win you over? Well, you know, being a traditionalist where it's one table, the the regular season is the champion, that's it. I guess you want the top seeds to have an advantage, right, in the playoffs so the regular season means something. Well, I went back and looked the last three seasons, no matter how MLS has done playoffs, the top seed has won in this round every game except for one each season. So I guess it's working out that way, and it was pretty exciting. So, you know, I'm not I'm not too against it. 
Yeah, the exciting aspect. I've heard I've heard some people kind of prop that up as, you know, this this was an exciting round, and that means maybe the three game series format was not so bad. But I think it was it was just exciting games. It would have been exciting in two games. I'm not sure any of the game threes were all that exciting. But Thad, where do you stand with all of this? I think the format did play into the games being more exciting because you didn't have the worry about the aggregate uh, type of score. So if it was a home and home where, say, the the lower-seeded team gets a a goal and then they're just going in and bunkering for the next game and and things like that, with each game ending at the end of regulation, going straight to penalties, um, and each game being a one-game situation not an aggregate not you know don't have to care about how many goals you got if you were down 3-1 at the 80th minute man throw the throw the goalie forward right Mm -hmm. you could do that because it didn't matter if you lost 5-1 or 3-1 or 3-2 you could just go for it so i I think in that respect it made more exciting games yeah i'm torn on this you had had to win right you had to win yeah and that does that that played a role I, i am torn on it I see the I, I like the idea of the straight to penalties and Thad, like you mentioned, the uh, it changed the the game from the aggregate format of, of bunkering and that second game was maybe a little more exciting. So I get all of that, but man, this was just I, I would call this a disaster right now. The fact that we're just sitting around twiddling our thumbs for three weeks because sporting handled St. Louis in two games. I just there this cannot be right that we you cannot have a three week break in the middle of the playoffs. Yeah, but that's just planning. That's also with so much other things going into play with the the big tournament they had in the middle of the season, the international breaks. Uh, I, I think if if it was me, I would have take the three game series and condensed it into a week and a half or two weeks, mm-hmm. not three weeks. So we could have already been into the next round at least. But. Yeah, yeah, that game three, that that can't be an, another week, right? You got to do game three the Wednesday after those games, right? That, that was way too long, and it still would have been two and a half weeks. I know there's not much they can do with the international break mixed in there. We were going to have a week off at some point, which means a, a two-week break in between games. So I don't know exactly how they, how they deal with that. But, Thad, do you think this is going to come back next year, the three-game format? I don't know. As many people complained about it, uh, I have no idea, man. I think, I think again, I, I like the fact that it created more competition in those individual games, but I do still think that the reason it was done was for money for Apple to have more games to show, but not so many. Not every game, not every series being a three-game series, and then at least every team except the the ninth seed having at least one home playoff game. So I think that all came into play. Well, you're exactly right. That is why they were doing it. They wanted more markets involved and more playoff games. So that is the question of if it's going to come back or not. Robert, do you think that worked out? Were there more eyes on Major League Soccer because they invited more teams? Were there more eyes on the playoffs longer because of the three-game format? Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, David in the chat says shave two games off the regular season and do a best of three the entire playoffs till the Musk Cup. Um, okay. I mean, you know, the regular season, as long as teams in MLS are depending on game revenue, concessions, selling jerseys, etc., there's going to be 34 regular season games because they just need that revenue. And there's going to be more games in the playoffs because of the revenue. But I think with the Apple TV deal with 
and I hate to say it was messy. I think there are certainly more eyes on the playoffs um, this season, this time around. I like I'm that. I'm surprised I didn't give Miami a buy into the playoffs. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, and then the other aspect of that is the more teams in the playoffs. And if Sporting Kansas City are going to just do this damn thing, then that is uh, another point there for Apple on allowing more teams into the playoffs. So it's kind of hard to be upset about the uh, inclusion aspect of this when Sporting kind of snuck in on the last day. Remember, that we're the eighth seed, not the ninth. <laughs> That's, I know, I know. And it was just, how long, I feel like it was seven teams for a long time, wasn't it? Or, or maybe even six teams made the playoffs. It's been I, everything, man. Because I remember making a joke about whenever the Galaxy got Zlatan, I remember thinking like, oh, that's I'm really happy for them, and they're going to finish seventh place. And I picked seventh because it was like they were going to miss the playoffs. So there was a time where we wouldn't have. Oh, yeah, the last last two seasons were seven teams. Uh, first seed just got a bye right, there in we the go. first round. So, yeah. Okay, so round one is set. The conference semifinal matchups are all set in the West. It is number two, Seattle, versus number three, LAFC. Uh, it is chalk everywhere except for number eight, Sporting Kansas City, versus number four, Houston Dynamo. Over in the East, it is number two, Orlando City, versus three, Columbus Crew. And number four, Philadelphia Union, versus Supporter Shield winners, Cincinnati. So let's go game by game here. Robert, who do you like in uh, Orlando versus Columbus? Tell you what, what I like about that is that's going to be a soccer match because both teams play good soccer. Um, you know, <laughs> and I've said this before. Yes, Darlington Nagby is my favorite guy uh, as far as non-sporting player goes. Uh, I just love the way he plays. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to tilt toward Columbus because of that. And then you go into Philly, Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati has too many weapons um, for Philly to, to handle. I think Philly's is explosive. And I think in one game, Cincinnati's going to win out on that. And then, uh, no, hold you know, on. Let's Seattle. Stay, let's stay in the Eastern Conference. Thad, what do you think of oh, the okay. Eastern right, Conference we'll matchups? Uh, I'm going to go with Columbus and Philadelphia. I think I matched Robert in that one. Uh, Columbus is the better team. Uh, I think Philly's got the experience. So Philly over Cincinnati, huh? At least I hope so. Is I forget how that played out with the eventual defender of the year, Matt Miazga. Did he is he not suspended for the next round, even though he got a second yellow card in quote unquote in a game? I thought he was supposed to be suspended based upon the yellow cards, but I'm so, still wondering if he's gonna be suspended just on his uh visit to the referee room. Right, right. So in the in that game he was given a yellow card during the 90 minutes and then was given another yellow card after I guess it's by by the rule book it was after the game had ended during the PKs so he was not ejected from the field he remained on the field but he is supposed to uh, serve this suspension for the next game and then after the game apparently very calmly the the team said it was no big deal and security had didn't need to get involved only only one of the team members had to go pull him out but he very calmly, apparently, went into the referee's room after the game, had some very normal words to say to them, I'm very sure, in a very calm manner. I've always actually, I've always liked Matt Miazga a little bit. You kind of need a shithead on your team. Like, the, the Yanks need a shithead or two. 
And I always, it, with doing the uh, Yanks Abroad article I did for all those years, I followed him pretty closely with Vitesse and all that. He was doing nonsense like this his entire career. There was one time he didn't just nut tap a guy on a corner kick. He just grabbed a guy's balls and squeezed and got ejected for it. Incredible. Not that I want that, but come on. You need some, you need some shitheads on your team in World Cups and for CONCACAF gritty play. If the referee doesn't see that actually happen, how do you prove it? Do you pull your shorts down and show the marks? I'm like videos, VAR, Thad. No, no one now, can hide. But I mean, a couple years ago, no. You can't I can hide a tell ball you grab. the story of an indoor game I played years ago in college, guys. That uh, fits this discussion, but I'll I'll save that for later. Okay, we'll save we'll save the ball grabbing stories for another time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that would be. I, w- I would like to see Cincinnati crash out of that. That's one team in the East that I that I do think is very good and would be able to stop Sporting Kansas City. Orlando is very good. Thad, I'm I'm with you guys on that one. I think. Oh no, you guys both picked Columbus, didn't you? Yeah. I like Orlando. I think that they're. I think Orlando's good. They're all good at this point. Everybody in the playoffs right now is good. I know I said I I picked them as one of the MLS teams you forget about Orlando City because we all forgot about them one entire episode. <laughs> but uh, no, I think I think they are pretty good. Okay, Robert, what about Seattle and LAFC? Yeah, I mean, Seattle at home, they are on a roll. Yeah, uh, it's hard to bet against them, so I'm I'm gonna have to go with the Sounders, unfortunately. Bad. I think just because it's in Seattle, I will go with Seattle. Yeah, um, I would have gone with the home team on either on either of these for sure. Okay. And then another Western Conference game. We got to talk about uh, predictions there. Well, we have another week that we can do that. But yeah, let's let's do that quickly. <laughs> is everyone is everyone riding the the hot train of Sporting Kansas City? Houston ain't stopping this, right? Get out of here, Hector Herrera. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Thad, are you gonna rain on my parade? No, I'm gonna go with sporting. Okay. Okay. David in the I chat. Don't know. <laughs> David in the chat says we're gonna wax that ass. That's becoming his catchphrase very quickly here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll uh, take a quick break and be right back. That I thought you would like this. On Tuesday, Peter Vermees was finally asked directly about Antoine Griezmann. I struggle to call them rumors. It is not. There, there are no Antoine Griezmann rumors. There was simply a picture taken with Antoine Griezmann, noted Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs fan with part owner of Sporting Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. And that sparked the conversation. He's long said he wanted to retire in MLS, wants to end here. It would be great. I would love this. But I just I keep seeing people say rumors about this. There is no rumor in any way. Nothing about it is rumors. I don't like anyone on our site calling it rumors. I like nope. to go. I like for us to be beyond that. And, but, and for clarity, yeah, it was asked last week. Oh, this was last week, huh. last Wednesday, and it was just very overshadowed by the Logan and Dembe news. I actually saw. Was it the Daily Mail? the The Daily Mail, an international kind of shithousery source 
wrote this uh, wrote an article. <laughs> Thank you for adding that part. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they picked this up. This art, I think it came out today, like just a few hours before we started recording. Uh, wrote an article about about the MLS manager of Sporting Kansas City squashing the rumors of Antoine Griezmann to to come play there. So yeah, Vermees just quickly said no, they're not. I, I actually thought we uh, correct me on what the actual question was. Was it? Are you talking to him, or is there anything to the rumors, or what was the question? Somebody mentioned because they saw the the photo with Mahomes and Griezmann with the jerseys and all that stuff. You know, hey, you know, uh, Zer, just you know, hey, you know, Antoine ha- likes Kansas City, likes Mahomes. You know, is there something going on there? And uh, Vermees is like, yeah, that's nice. And I said, so have you? And I actually, the one that asked him, have you talked to him? And he just kind of like, no. And then kind of smiled about it. Wow, I didn't know. So you actually asked that question. Good job. Did you know that your question was picked up by international sources of the Daily Mail? Actually, I'm going to credit Chad Smith a little bit with that because he cut out the video and tweeted it out earlier today, I think, which is why it got started off today. Again, to me, it just got over. I I just care about like trying to find out the reality of stuff. Have you talked to your easement? No, cool. If he had, then it would have been news. He didn't. It's not news to me. So, okay, that is about enough of Antoine Griezmann stuff. I would love if he came here. I don't want to seem like a stick in the mud about this. I would love it. I just there there at the moment there is nothing nothing to it. I would love for the day that there's an actual link, even if it is nonsense. I would love to see the actual Sporting Kansas City is linked with Antoine Griezmann. He's currently in contract through 2026, though, right? Things change. Yeah, they do. And you never know. But who's who's he going to beat out? I mean, is he going to beat out Polito? <laughs> is he going to beat out Russell, Shallowy, Shelton? Come on. No, they're all better than Antoine Griezmann. <laughs> I pick all of those players over Antoine Griezmann. <laughs> because those are the guys that turned the season around. This is my segue there. Uh, guys, I saw a claim that I thought you might like this. There was a claim online this week uh, on MLS subreddit. I saw this on a few different places. The idea that the pressure from the Vermese out crowd somehow forced Vermese's hand into some changes. The idea that uh, putting pressure on him, maybe he started making more substitutions and things like that. That, what do you think of that? Is didn't. that uh, that's I <laughs> I didn't want to uh, as the guy asking the question I didn't want to just flatly answer it like that. But yeah, Thad, what do you think of this? Uh, I agree with Robert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I would like to know what they perceived as being changed. I mean, Peter was very consistent the entire time. Oh, uh, we just, we need to get our guys back. We need to get our guys back in. It was clearly at times there was the team was on the verge of breaking. I would say. You know, he said that there was only one half in that entire time where he was worried about losing the team that they'd given up, however he phrased it. And I, you know, it's probably fairly accurate. Those guys were pretty damn down. And I don't think it was anything Peter just changed. I yeah. think he did get guys back that were healthy. I think that the the team dug deep. I think he kept pushing them to do what they were already trying to do. He didn't give up on them. They didn't give up on him. And they started being successful. I would love to know what somebody saw that was different. Well, I think the idea was that he somehow was maybe making more subs and that some younger guys got 
got in there. I think maybe they were trying to take credit for Logan and Denbe and Jake Davis getting <laughs> getting playing time. Yeah. But Ru- Jake Davis can credit Zusi being hurt and Caden Pierre being hurt. Yeah. Logan and Denbe can credit the fact that he worked his ass off at, to get back in healthy and that Tim Leibold was not. I don't want to hate on these people too much because I'm just happy that they're happy and all and, and that everyone is back on board. Robert, what do you what do you think was was the key? I I know we're off, often level headed here, but uh, if was there Damn one us. thing was there one thing that gets the credit for this turnaround? Okay, I'm not going to say the obvious that uh, other people might say. So I'm just going to say that you know uh, the leadership on the team. I think from the top down, the owners. You know, and Peter had a discussion and they had questions. Peter said he had answers. I'd like to hear what those are, and maybe Thad will get those next week or this week. Um, but yeah, that group of five or six guys that keep the locker room so strong and level and, and anticipate difficulties, I think, was a guiding force here and uh, a very important part of, of the team staying together. And then, of course, in Seattle or before the Seattle game, Johnny said that they had that discussion and, you know, some truths were spoken that needed to be spoken. And I think some people were, you know, probably looking at themselves a little deeper than they normally would. And that really woke up some people, too. Was what yeah. you were saying the obvious choice or the obvious answer? Is that just that players came back? Was that the way yeah, you weren't saying? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. Alan Polito and Gotti Kinda coming back obviously helped quite a bit. It did. And again, the players did a lot of it themselves. They the the retreat they did at the owners. There it ran. is. Uh ding ding ding. Yeah, it wasn't a camping trip. It We're not talking enough about the camping trip, you guys. That's the key for me. That's the answer. I asked at one point, I said that they all need to go do mushrooms together in Joshua Tree and go on some retreat together. And that is exactly <laughs> what they did. Cannot confirm or deny the mushrooms. We don't have any information on that. But something magical happened on this camping trip, and we need to know more about it. I demand more knowledge of this camping trip. It is a monumental moment in this club's history. If they go on to win MLS Cup, there will be a book written about that 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 retreat. Again, by, I don't by think Cody you can call Fad. it camping when you're hanging out at the owner's ranch. It, it'll be written by Cody and Thad. I'm okay David, what do, you, what do you need to know? How many marshmallows Johnny puts on a s'more? <laughs> yes, things like that. If they made s'mores, what the food was, was there organized lectures, who was talking, what the sleeping arrangements were, was everyone just in a tent, was it just out in the open, was it, was the weather nice? I, I just I need to know more about this. Monumental moment in our club's history, and something magical happened that we all need to talk more about. I think obviously they did a little circle around a campfire, which is why they have the campfire right, right. <laughs> celebration now when they score. They did a little celebration around that. I don't know. It's if the they one were thing we know. Or they singed hair off their legs when they were dancing <laughs> through the fire and the embers. They were fire walking with each other, carrying each other naked across the coals. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure actually I want to know that now that we've gotten that far into this discussion. See, I'm not weird for wanting to know more about this. I'm not weird. You guys are weird. And Thad is weird for everything that he just said. <laughs> I just I just said what you've been thinking all along. <laughs> No, I don't know. They saw some visions while doing this campfire dance. I don't know. Something something magical happened, and that is what gets credit for this turnaround. They did some Missouri peyote. <laughs> <laughs> <That's what. laughs> 
All right, so we can wrap up here in our final segment. Guys, a new Taika Waititi movie is coming out. Next Goal Wins. We have a soccer movie coming out. A rare football movie is actually coming out. I'm a big Taika Waititi fan, so I'm pretty pumped about this, Thad. I just saw the trailer for it. In the, I just got back from watching a movie. I saw the trailer for it before the movie, and I don't know. It. I'll probably watch it. I don't know when, you know, how much I'll, I'll probably make sure I go on a cheap day, but... It is not getting good reviews so far, but Ty, it, you know, it looked great. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes movie creators, film creators, just like rub you the right way, and Taika Waititi just like hits my funny bone in a certain way, and I'm it's, I'm very charmed by him. I actually saw an interview of him saying that he's worried that his shtick might wear off, or like if he does it too much and doesn't change enough that it might wear off. When he said it, I was like, oh, shit. That is a very real thing with this guy that I hadn't considered. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see this. It's a movie about soccer. I'm very excited about it. I'll definitely go watch it. And I like what a lot of stuff he does because it's really quirky. Yeah. But I think he carries it. He's got to a point where he just carries it too far. Yeah. It's like it's not it, it's not quirky when you do it in, in every scene. Well, you know like, I mean? the Thor, like the third Thor movie that he did. Yeah. The first one was the best Marvel movie that there had that had been done up to that point, and I, I even liked the third one too. But you can definitely see like like the gimmick, the shtick, whatever yeah. his like style is, can can maybe the, wear on you. The one that he did, the Ragnarok, was really good. The Love and Thunder one, I didn't like very much. And now I I am scared to ask you this because you can't you rarely do anything quickly. But can you quickly tell us if you liked the Marvels? You were you saw the Marvels tonight. I did, and I actually very much liked it. Okay, good. No spoilers. Uh, it was, uh, I, I could have actually enjoyed it. I mean, I think they could have filled in a tiny little bit more. It's not a perfect movie, but it was uh, funny. The, the, uh, the, the uh, See, chemistry between the actresses was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like all of them. I think it wiped out uh, one of the Marvel TV shows that they recently did. It pretty much just wiped out that. So, but okay, it was good. I, I actually enjoyed it better than the first Captain Marvel movie, which was okay. wasn't great, but it was a lot better this one. I do love me some Brie Larson. You had to make a bad movie in order for me to not like watching Brie Larson for two hours. And there's there's at least three scenes in there that I would say you want to go see the movie just for one of those scenes. Okay. And there's three of those scenes in there, so I'm not gonna say on I'm not gonna say on air. If you go see it, I'll tell you what they were. Okay, that's still okay. You dragged on a little bit too long there, but I can talk about Marvel movies for a while, or just <laughs> any movies. This is the podcast I would rather do. I'm sorry for all the soccer fans waiting for more soccer. Let's get back to it though. I the where I was going with this was a lack of good soccer movies out there in the world. I just watched a recently. I watched an old Sean Bean movie called When Saturday Comes. That was pretty good. Very old. It was very old and dated, though. Uh, I've got some soccer movies on my list. Do you guys know of any good soccer movies? Do you have a favorite? Victory. Yes. <laughs> yes, with Pele and Sylvester Stallone, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's one that I have that I have on my list right now. I was actually just an article. I was reading an article today that The Guardian wrote with this next goal wins movie coming out and it the, he had you know guys the one of the men in blazers guys was quoted in there and he had a a movie producer that was uh very knowledgeable on soccer and they were just talking about why this is why there aren't any more 
soccer movies out there. And one good point I thought was made was just the idea that the gameplay and the, f- the flowing nature of the sport is just doesn't help the idea of setting up one big dramatic moment. And then the, the community aspect where it, this is a full on team sport with 11 guys out there who might all touch the ball on, on one play. So there's just, it's hard to build up to these big moments and yeah, I can kind of see why, why it's never happened. And then when you add in just that Americans up until now have not given a shit about soccer, uh, you can see why movies haven't really, you know, taken the risk to, to try to do this the right way. Yeah, you know, I didn't think the goal series was that bad. Those movies, I thought they were decent enough. Oh yeah, I actually yeah, I have one of those on my list. They're very very poorly critically acclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't think I know. What do critics know? <laughs> I don't know those ones. But have you seen the movie about the the fifty World Cup beating England? Oh, uh, game of the game of their lives, or yeah, what was it? I think it, it has it has two different names. One because they put it out under one name, but they realized it was a trademarked name or copyrighted name. It conflicted, and so they changed the name. There's like some real players in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Winalda was like one of the people helping get it together. Right. There was a former wizard in there. This is actually a callback to the original season of Shades of Blue that we all did together we actually had this conversation and i remember you telling me about that movie that had just come out and i never watched it but i'm going to i i have it on dvd within 15 feet of me i'm just not sure what pile it is (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move it back along to sporting kansas city here we haven't had a chance to discuss the devastating news of logan and denbe's torn acl the guy tore it in during the st louis game finished it out but sporting kansas city will be without him for the remainder of the playoffs robert what does this mean what does sporting kansas city lose how do we deal with it hey there's no way we're in the position that we are in sporting's in the position they're in without logan and denbe let's just admit it right here yeah i mean the first the first goal in st louis the first goal at home we're not here and, uh, you know, like Thad alluded to earlier, Logan's just attitude about coming back and saying, hey, I want to play and I want to be better. It's just the epitome of what sporting is. And uh, Shoot, yeah, not, it's going to be a big miss. Not just those the last two games might not have even been in the playoffs had he not rounded into form there at the end of the season. It's been it's been a month and a half or longer than that. Yeah. that he's been playing well. Yeah. It's a, a little bit moment of Logan and Dembe appreciation here. Yes, a Logan and Denbay appreciation hour. We like our appreciation hours here, um, and, and it's and it's also how long we've been waiting for a left back to be consistent and be good, and it, that's what he's been for the last month and a half. Yeah, a month and a half doesn't count as consistent, though. Just, it does for sporting, doesn't it? Come <laughs> on now. <laughs> well, I think we saw enough from him last year, and and you know, in times before where we saw that he does have the skills there, that and that he could maybe grow into into a better player and he is still so young so yeah he is and he'll come back man i think he's the dedication he showed this year to get better and improve and get healthy and game fit and and everything he needed to do and just the way he answered the questions when we had the presser last week i i'm pretty confident that he will come back and be as good as before 
But you do got to give him a ton of credit for playing 44 minutes or whatever it was with the torn ACL. Gangster. But I do. I I, I wish because he didn't really know at the time how damaged it is. Because it, if it's a complete tear, that's a whole nother story. You probably could not have done it. So it's got to be pro, a partial tear. Right. And he's got really strong leg muscles, which will help reinforce the the strength of the knee. And there's certain muscles that will help compensate for that. So that's probably why he was able to do it because he's massively strong. Well, looking forward without him, I think Sporting Kansas City are actually in a pretty decent position here. They signed Tim Leibold this season because I think maybe they weren't sure if Logan and Denbe was going to round into the form that he eventually did. So they've got a guy ready to step up. Tim Leibold has shown has shown plenty of quality this year. Yeah, I mean, Tim's a good player. He's a good attacking player. Um, I'm not convinced about his defensive play at this point because that's one thing that Logan really improved too. Yeah. So uh, that's a question mark there. But on the attack, you know, he's going to be solid. Maybe not scoring as many goals. Right, right. But he'll contribute and he'll he'll make some nice passes. So. Yeah, he'll fill in. I feel pretty good about him as a fill-in right now. But, yeah, there's uh, the the magic that they've been finding on that left-hand side with uh, Ndenbe and Shallowy and, and Gotti's movement and Polito's movement. They've just been doing so much damage on that side, and, and Logan was a big part of that. But I'm ready for Well, they got old. three weeks to work on it, right? <laughs> That's right. They got all the time in the world to plan. <laughs> As the yeah. as the fire wears off the hottest team in Major League Soccer, <laughs> I think. How much can you really work on just that? I mean, there's nothing you can really do. I mean, the guy's he's either there or not. You can maybe give him a couple of simulated games to get his fitness up, but. Well, I imagine they are playing some competition at some point, probably more than once. But yeah. All right, I saw and the it, trash talking had has officially begun between the Twitters of Houston Dynamo and and Sporting Kansas City. Old rivalry being rekindled. Very fond memories and very sad memories of facing Houston in the playoffs. That one of our favorite goals of all time was against Houston. Are you ready yep. to reignite this? this uh, I'm going to call it a rivalry. It's a rivalry. It is. It's just one that's not been as active lately because... Houston wasn't good for a lot of years, and Sporting's been kind of up and down. It was up and then down for a while. So uh, I think it, I, I think I'm ready for it to be another rivalry, man. But I want all the rivals. But go back to that game in 2013. Do you remember one of the little uh, gamesmanship things that Sporting did? Because remember that game was cold. Also, MLS Cup was very cold, right? Is the, this the uh, the sprinklers? Is this what we're on? No, no. They had space heaters for the sporting side, but not for the Houston oh, side. Oh, very nice. Little propane heaters that helped keep them warm <laughs> and the subs warm. And the and the players could come over when they grabbed a good bottle of water and get a little bit touch warmer. I see. And then, but Houston didn't have any. So I think they got in trouble for not providing those for Houston. And then I, I think they had them out there when uh, for the actual MLS Cup. David is rightly asking in the chat here if Houston actually has fans <laughs> to trash talk. <laughs> Because exactly. that uh, that last round, game three in the playoffs, they had empty seats in that stadium. That has always been a problem there in Houston. But uh, I don't know. Well, I you got to think the next round. Each round goes on. More people have to have to give a shit in Houston. So I, no, I, not I, really. 
<laughs> I wish that was true, man. I mean, I'm not trying to trash talk on fans, but it's they don't have any. I just I'm surprised, man, because Houston should be a place that has good fans. But I don't know if it's just because they've been so bad because the owners don't know what to do and they've changed owners what twice since they've been down there. I saw Chad, friend of the show, Chad, getting into it. He's the our resident Kansas City or sporting Kansas City trash talker online. Saw him already getting into it. I saw there was on Meme Monday, there was a, uh, a Houston sporting KC meme with uh, Toby and Michael from The Office. <laughs> so uh, it's, all, it's all beginning again. I'm pretty excited about this, and uh, we have uh, over almost two weeks here to wait for it. But Hey, guys, I have a lifetime hatred of the color orange anytime I see it, the Dynamo or who I think of, and Bobby Boswell. And Ricardo Clark and Will Bruin and Jeff Cameron and all those guys and it just irks me every time I see Brad Davis. Covers, so. Brad Davis. Yeah, Brad thank Davis. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was where I was going. We could temporarily to, not hate him. And I have to throw this out here because today is the anniversary of the 2004 MLS Cup, where Sporting lost to the freaking fraud DC United. I just have to mention that. Sad occasion, but frauds, frauds. Okay, I don't know if you had to mention it, but yeah, you know, it's good to remember our roots. It is good to remember. That's right. You can't win them and all. Unlike some teams that think they're a soccer capital, we actually have roots. We actually have a history. Hmm. I mean, for we don't have to go back to the 1950s to think that we actually did something good, which was only <laughs> provide half of a team. It wasn't even a whole team. So we don't even have to go there. But if we were going to go there, we at least have a history since 96. So much history that we have more than one rival, and I'm going to leave you with the audio of Thad and I's favorite goal in Sporting Kansas City history. Going ahead here for Zeus Seeks, puts the double team to pick it up. Heads back for Failhaber, has runners on his side. Failhaber keeps it himself, trying to clip it into Octavio! Come on! Yeah.